This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Tis the season for festive football, and the best way to watch it, down at your local Green King Sports Pub, of course. After all, Christmas is a time to catch up with friends old and new, so get the team to your local for refreshing pints, delicious food, and live action of every Christmas cracker. Every fixture from TNT, Sky, and Amazon is live at Green King Sport. That means wall-to-wall action on their huge HD screens. Head to your local Green King and watch every winning goal, top bins volley, and dodgy VAR decisions in an atmosphere worth sharing. Download the Green King Sport app and you'll receive 10% off drinks every single time there's sport on the telly. You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. It's a pleasure to reflect on a brilliant week for the Amers. We talk about both games, the superstars we have in Claret and Blue, and the big games we have coming up this week before having a chat with West Ham fan and bare knuckle boxer George Hillyard, getting the latest news from X, and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Tis the season to be jolly, X, as this week we reflect on not only two good results, but two good performances as well. Let's start with Wolves. Give us your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Happy days, mate. I mean, like I said, you know, things can change very, very quickly in the West Ham world. And whilst a 5-0 defeat to Fulham is never great at the best of times, it's never the need to get so, so gloomy and down in the dumps and reactionary because the games come so close together. And the way West Ham are at the moment, they can turn it around very quickly. And they've done exactly that. And the good thing about the Wolves game was that it then also ticked the box of good football because every one of those goals was nicely worked with obviously Pakatar crucial to all three you know Gerard Bowen hit the post that would have been a good goal had that been an inch the other the other way and I thought particularly in the first half we played some really really good football really attacking really creative 
I honestly don't know what more. Some people want at times, and you know, if the football's like that, as well as us getting results, then there really isn't anything to grumble about. And I thought Pakatar, Kudos, and Bowen were sensational yesterday. Oh, mate, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, there's it, a couple of things that come to mind with this, and obviously I'll give my thoughts on the, the, the performances shortly, but and I, I, I want to ask Mad Dog his thoughts on this, because... There's the kind of ongoing debate as to how much it affects us on a Sunday when we played on the Thursday, right? It's an ongoing debate, and, and David Moyes seems to think that that's a, a legitimate excuse. Mad Dog does, a lot of pundits do, players that have played the game. Obviously, I, I haven't to that level, so they're more qualified to, to say their opinion than I am in that respect. But then, you know, you've got the likes of Antonio saying, no, it doesn't affect us because look at where we finished when we had a European campaign. I think James Ward-Prowse alluded to the fact that it, it doesn't affect us and shouldn't be used as an excuse. And I look at that performance against Wolves X, having just played on the Thursday, and I kind of think, well, is that not the proof that Thursday nights aren't so much of an issue for us if we can play like that on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do, I do think as well. Sometimes it's the the nature of the team you play against as well. If you're mm. if you're playing a team like Wolves, who you know, I'm not taking anything away from West Ham's performance, but defensively they were really poor. You know, yeah. it, it enables you to to play um to play a certain way, and you know, getting getting an early-ish goal was important as well. And I think, you know, different factors can come into it. Ideally, you would play one game a week, I think is factual, because you can you can rest and you can you can be completely 100% fit. However, there's got to be some positives, because like I said, with Fulham, you know, it was a bad, bad result, but within, what, four days, three days, four days, you, you can turn it around with a good performance and it's all forgotten about. So yeah. there are there are perks. And if you're on form, like the likes of Bowen and Kudos are, then playing as many games as you can regularly is going to be a good thing because you're living on that momentum and that adrenaline of the previous performance. And so, yeah, there, there's an argument <coughs> either way. And, you know, you think of a squad of 24 players, 25 players, you should be able to do all right if you rotate. But, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was really, really good. I thought Thursday was really good as well. And I just I just really want West Ham fans to savour this. I, I don't know, like, how to stress it anymore without winding people up. But things really are that bad, you know. And we, we're, we're doing well on all fronts. Yes, we might lose on Wednesday. But if we lose on Wednesday, let's not have a complete meltdown. It's Liverpool away, where we've won once in, like, 50 years or something like that. They're top of the table, near second in the table. They're, they are a good team. If we lose that game, let's just not go over the top about it. Let's just try and enjoy this season because, as I keep maintaining, Moyes is going to be the manager till the end of the season. Yesterday was fun. Thursday was fun. Being in all these competitions is fun. Let's just enjoy it and try and unite as a fan base. And even if you can't bring yourself to offer any form of positivity to David Moyes, be pleased for the likes of Kudos and Pakistan and Bowen that they're playing as well as they are. Yeah. And when you play a certain way with those players, good things are going to happen. And, and and I think it would be a crime, really, to have the ability of Kudus, Paqueta and Bowen in the same side. You have that luxury. Go go out. Go and have a go at teams because those players will change games. And mm. it was an absolute joy against Wolves. It really was. And it was one of those games where everything came together. 
you know, we were solid as a group with some outstanding individual quality, and we've, we've spoke about the three that are going to get the headlines. But does it get better than Lucas Paqueta? I'm not so sure. I mean, let's talk about the man of the match. How unplayable was he yesterday? Yeah, I mean, this is what we've been wanting for him for a while. And he has been frustrating. And again, yeah. a couple of times at the start of that game, he gave the ball away in bad positions. But if you can get him into the centre, which he was a lot more, and you can get him creating like that, that's exactly what you want from him. And you can you can carry a luxury player defensively if they're then going giving that out, output at the other end of the pitch. You know, free assists, you can't want any more than that and that's exactly what he should be doing but I actually think he should be doing it more consistently and I think mm. I, I hope on the back of that with Kudos and Bowen also that interchange I don't know if you saw the celebration when um, Bowen scored but him and Packet are doing the sort of eyes things together as if to yeah. sort of say like the vision type thing um, and um, I think you know you, he's obviously massively got that in the locker it was those two that you know gave us the trophy win and I think if we can get Packet on the ball in the sense of doing that thing that as you said there's nobody better than Lucas McQuarrie and <coughs> how long may it continue oh god yeah amen to that I'll, I'll make you right X I know he does come with some frustrations at times but I think we've both agreed that that's what comes with a luxury player like that and you can suffer it as long as he's he's turning it on when he needs to turn it on but on his day he has everything a skill flair angles, vision, weight of pass, finishing. He's just a joy to watch. And watching him in those tight spaces yesterday, I mean, fuck me, he could find room in a single bed with Gemma Collins, couldn't he? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I mean, I've never heard that um, similarity, but I think, yeah, it's a fair, <laughs> a fair one to be made. Um, I um, I think he just, if he could just, because I don't want to completely dismiss the points we've been saying previous weeks, there is a time and a place for the skills and the and the... 100%. Flicks and stuff, and it's definitely in the in the other half of the pitch, or the, certainly the final third, not his own his own third. And so I do think there's still an element of that, but you can't you can't knock his performance. And ironically and weirdly, I read a few comments on our man of the match poll from people and on Twitter saying that they didn't think he played well. I mean, when you've created oh, I know, when you've created three goals the way he did. I don't know how you can say an attacking player hasn't played well. Of course, if he'd scored three own goals, then maybe, but he didn't. He he offered so much, and I hope he now kicks on with that. And another point to sort of <clears throat> go back to people that have been critical of Moyes. They said that him and Lucas Paqueta had no relationship, that Paqueta wanted out, and that he was he's been um you know had a fallout in Moyes. Another false lie that was spread was that Fornells had fallen out with. Um, the manager I actually thought four hours came on and played well again um, and you can see from that performance yesterday that there are no issues and, and this is what's really not upset me about this season but frustrated me the agendas just to try and prove that David Royce is the wrong person and don't get me wrong you know there have been times when it has been bad but there will always be that under any manager. Look at Manchester City. I doubt Manchester City fans came away from that game at the weekend where they surrendered a, a 2 0 lead to Crystal Palace and thought, well, oh, yeah, Pep's a legend. Well done, Pep. You know, that there will be moments where 
where you any manager mucks up Liverpool should have beaten Man United the amount of possession they had and so on so there are always periods where things don't go as well but a sign of a team is a good team is if you continue to get results out of those games when you haven't played that well which is what we did and there'll be times in the future where we do play bad you know probably within the next three or four games there'll be a poor performance but it's best to maintain that overall outlook and things are going well this season when you look at it that way yeah I mean look I, I do share a lot of the frustrations fans have with David Moyes and you know I'm not one of those people that have an agenda uh, I, no, genuinely and I have not. frustrations mate as well definitely yeah exactly and I, and I think we probably both agree that we don't see the future of this football club being taken forward by David Moyes post-summer I mean I certainly don't but one thing I will say is unless we're banging trouble I don't think it would make any sense for him to lose his job before his contract is up. Oh, it makes no sense. And I'm sorry, if he's if he's done, you know, the way this season's shaping up, who knows what's going to happen. But obviously we're in the, the last 16 of the Europa League. Now, having won the group again, you know, we've won our group three years in a row, um, you know, and we're in the quarterfinals of the, of the Carabao Cup. We're eighth in the league. We're only a few points off fifth, which gets you Champions League. You know, we've got the FA Cup still to come. If David Moyes achieves another load of things at the end of the season, then there's no reason to change him. There isn't. Um, mm. But we have to judge at the end of the season. But I just think people, like you said, just it's not going to happen before. Let's stop this Moyes out, Moyes in thing, because it's embarrassing. I think either way, you know, even as someone that backs David Moyes at the moment, I think it's embarrassing how both sides try to point score off each yeah. other. I think yeah. it's embarrassing how the minute West Ham lose, it's fucking meltdown, and he's the worst manager in history. The minute, the minute West Ham do really well, suddenly it's like, oh, we told you he was this good. Let's just stop all of this. Let's just be West West Ham United and enjoy it because other fan bases laugh at us when we behave like this and let's just get behind what is turning out to be a decent season so far. Mm. Well, three assists for Lucas yesterday. The first player to get that many assists in one game for West Ham since 2017. Do you know who that other person was? Only because I saw the stat, I wouldn't have Did known. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Antonio, but I wouldn't have known that had I not read it. No, I don't actually know what game that was, do you? Crystal, Crystal Palace. Well, Crystal Palace. Crystal yeah. Palace, right, okay. Um, I mean, he, Lucas was literally first in everything yesterday, and for the people that don't think he had a good game, he was first on assists, chances created, touches, and an interesting one, which definitely shouldn't get overlooked with Lucas, he was first for possession one. Um, so and, an and interesting think, one, yeah. Yeah, and I think that really does prove that, that, mm. that he's the full package. You know, he yeah. does put in a shift, he does get stuck in, and he doesn't neglect his defensive duties. And I like that about him. Mm. If we could, if we could lose some of the unnecessary casual play in his own half and some of the theatrics, um, that would be nice. But I can only talk about Lucas today with a smile on my face. I mean, it was just pure entertainment. And talking of entertainment, let's move on to another superstar in Claret and Blue, Magic Mo Kudus. I mean, we really have got something special there, haven't we, X? Yes, mate. What a signing. I mean, honestly, the guy is absolutely quality. He's everything that I want in a player like him. He's fast. He's pace, like pacey, same thing. He's strong. He's, he's quick minded as any makes decisions quickly. He's direct. He's a great finisher. His end product's brilliant. He seems like he genuinely enjoys playing football and scoring goals. Um, I just, it, it, mate, he's a complete package for me in that position. And I think if he could continue the 
way he is, which I'm sure he will do. He's only going to get better and better, and we're going to have a real, real fans' favourite on our hands here. Yeah, I think we already have, to be honest, and it's just so nice when you talk about the sport being as entertaining as it should be um, when you look at that game uh, against Wolves and Freiburg. It's just it's just that final third with West Ham to have Kudus, Bowen and Pakitari. It's just an absolute pleasure when they're on form and they're up for it and we play a certain way and we take the game. It's it's just you see glimpses of the West Ham way and it's but, just it's just so beautiful to watch. Oh, it is, mate. And when you think about it, if you just think about those three, they're Bowen, Pakitari. Piquetta and Kudos, when you look at their CVs and their status in the game, you know, you've got a Brazilian international, there you've got an England international and a Ghanaian international, you've got a Ghanaian international that was ripping it up for Ajax, you know, scored a hat-trick in the Champions League qualifier before he joined West Ham, highly rated in Holland. Everyone knows about Piquetta or Paquetta, Manchester City. Coming in for him is no no surprise, Bowen previous to signing the new contracts at West Ham had the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal looking at him if you look at that front three there isn't really a better front three out there I'm, I'm, yeah, mate, I'm, if you was to see and maybe I'm getting a bit carried away in the hype here but when you look at when Liverpool won the league they had Salah, Mane and Firmino it's not that far off that. I mean, that Liverpool's one is better, but it's not a million miles from it. So for a club like <coughs> West Ham to have that and, you know, as our front three, when they're performing, and I'm hoping they're going to be able to keep that up consistently. Now, could you pick a team in the league? Who's three that you think, oh, yeah, okay, they're quality, but I wish we had those three. Mm. I'm not sure you can. And that's yeah. that's amazing for West Ham. And yeah. again, what has to be noted as well is that all three players joined West Ham when David Moyes was the manager. Okay, so people sit there and they say, right, you, um, yeah, he should be doing as well as he should with those players. But those players are there because he bought them. He was the manager and he's very selective in which players he signs. That's why he has the reputation differing Dave. So you know he's thought long and hard about these players. They are there because of him. So... That is something else that is often over forgotten. Is forgotten. He's beaten with the stick. Well, we've got these players. We should be playing better. Well, yes, maybe, but we have those players because he brought them in. So you know, you can look at it that way. And I just think I'm not going to keep this going the whole podcast, but I did want to make a point. But yeah, kudos is 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 legendary, mate. I, I love him. I love him. I think he's such a good player. And as I said on this podcast before, I've got a soft spot for. For Ghana as my African team because of you know one of my best mates who I was best man at his wedding and he's godfather to my eldest child and I'm godfather to his sons and stuff. He's from Ghana as are his parents and uh, so I'm always in a soft spot for them. And uh, now to have their best player before me as well as he is for us, I just love. I love the whole thing. Yeah, I love him too. I think we all do. He's explosive. He's strong. Again, good in tight spaces. The way he wriggles out of three or four players at times is just incredible. And then it's 
it's just the um, the intent with the ball as well. This is what I like about him. He's not just content to to get the ball and then give it straight back to the, the centre-half like many wingers do. He, he, he's always looking for the right pass and he's always looking to have a go. And he's someone that is absolutely bursting at the seams with confidence. And when you've got that much confidence, it makes you dangerous because you're not scared to have a go. You're not mm. scared to, to take two or three players on and make something happen and lose the ball because that's, that's what you enjoy doing. That's what your strength is. Mm. Um, good in front of goal, skillful, and he comes with an absolute shit house of a goal celebration as well, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe there wasn't a queue of clubs waiting to take him. And I think for 38 million, we've absolutely nicked him, haven't we? Well, Chelsea were looking to sign him, but they just like, fucking knows what goes on with their recruitment. They were just throwing money left, right and centre, weren't they? But I think a few clubs were looking, but no one took the gamble. And thank God they didn't. It's, it's worked out in our favour completely. It was, it was funny yesterday because I was talking to my dad and, you know, say he reminds me in some ways of atta- uh, of what Antonio should be, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah, it does make I, sense. Like, his, um, Antonio's got the same sort of, you know, credentials, fast, strong, quick, you know, turn of pace, etc. powerful. Um, but he just doesn't have the, the composure and the and the finishing and the, and the and technical, the sort of, the technical yeah. ability of, of Kudos. And, and you really notice that now because when Kudos is one-on-one, particularly that second goal, you know, that second goal in my head, he was going to score. You know, and it's so nice now. I used to feel that with other good forwards that we've had, maybe like Craig Bellamy, perhaps, and, you know, Paul Kitson and Jermaine Defoe and people like that. You always sort of they clean on go like that, they're going to score. When it's Antonio, I think he's going to miss. But when it's, yeah, uh, when it's I Kudos, I feel like he's going to score. And and he does. And he's just a yeah, brilliant player. And I, I hope so much that we can keep him for as long as possible because if we can with him Bowen and Pakatar you know that's it's great it's great to have those three mm, two excellent goals from him yesterday and uh, another goal for Jared who um, worked tirelessly once again consistently worked so hard for West Ham and I think that's one of the many reasons we love him at this club and he deserved that goal now of course the three players in particular that we've been discussing are going to get the headlines but as a group I think we deserve credit and we can't overlook the importance of a clean sheet, can we? No, and that's very important, man. I think you're right to highlight that. I think the key, obviously, the two performances uh, in Thursday and Sunday, yes, the attacking performance has been great, and you can wax lyrical about how good they've been, but you also can't underestimate the, the power of having two clean sheets behind us, and credit to Fabianski. Obviously, he's the, the keeper for both, and I thought he's looked very composed and very solid in those two games, and I can understand, again, He's got a lot of stick for this, but I can understand why he kept Fabianski in the team because Ariola's been unlucky. You know, he hasn't made any glaring mistakes. I think he's made some good saves. He's had some bad of the match performances. Brighton away being the one that sticks in my mind. Um, but we have been conceding loads and loads of goals. And, you know, I'm not saying it's all down to Ariola, but we've talked about communication. And I'm not sure Fabianski is that much different from Ariola in terms of communication. I don't know. But the fact he's kept two clean sheets and we've looked a lot more solid is a big, big thing, I think. And it brings confidence again, like you said. And if we can get it right, both ends of the pitch, well, happy days. And, yeah, that clean sheet is a is massively important, definitely. 
Well, at one point, I thought we'd lost a clean sheet when Wolves pulled one back yeah. to make it 2-1, but it was ruled out by VAR. It mm. took them three and a half minutes to make that decision, X. Now, honestly, I don't say this as a biased West Ham fan, but I'm looking at that still image, right? And I could tell he was offside in about seven seconds. And that's that's me even questioning myself. Are you sure, Dave? Seven seconds, I reckon, Max, it took me. How has that taken them 210 seconds? Where were they? On a fucking fag break or something? <laughs> it's, that, it's, it's that whole stupid thing, isn't it? Where if you've got, if you're going to overrule an on-pitch decision, then you have to be 100% sure. So had, had the goal been disallowed on the pitch, I don't think it would have taken so long because they would just be backing up what the ref and the, and the linesman had, had decided on the pitch. But because they were going against his decision because the ref gave it as a goal, then it takes longer. to. They have to be 100% sure and the lines were thin together. But that said, as you said, when you look at it, which was the, the final image that was everyone was shown, you can clearly see, hence the purpose of those lines that he is offside so yeah to make it take that long is a joke really and it, it makes people just question even though it got the right decision ultimately it does make you question like the whole process because of the beauty of football that makes it so much more exciting than the likes of rugby and cricket and NFL and stuff is because those games are also stop start. Yeah. Whereas exactly. football's meant to be that fluid game, but VAR just doesn't help. And yeah, I don't know really. I can't know why, how they'll justify it, but I don't know really how they can take that long to make a decision. It's stupid. No, it really is. Really is. Once again, we're moaning about VAR and the people sitting behind it. I mean, is this is this going to stay in our sport forever? Because I'm sure if we voted as a fan base, and I'm talking the fan base of football, not just West Ham, I'm pretty sure it'd be overwhelming to get rid of it. I think it would be anyway. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't stand the technology myself. Or more to the point, the people that sit behind it and use it. Fucking ridiculous. Well, it was a great win. It really was. Let's hear what the gaffer had to say. Boss, what a fantastic end to, uh, to the week. Oh, great, great first half performance, especially where we, we sort of get after them early. And we've not, we've not been able to do it that often after Thursday night games for different reasons, but we talked a little bit about it today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, thought we were more aggressive in everything we'd done in the opening part of the game. Good press, you know, winning balls in the air, etc. And it led to a couple of really good goals. Clinical finishing as well, boss, makes a massive oh, difference. Oh, the, the quality of the finishing, you know, because let's be fair, none of them were, they weren't easy, easy chances. They weren't things saying, hey, you score or that. Mm. They were they were really difficult takes and brilliantly done by, by Mo. Brilliantly done. And I mean, you'll probably mention, you know, Lucas Paquette got three assists mm. today as well from it. So the players who we, we put in to try and give us the attacking threat really performed today. We saw you walking in with your, your pre-match document. Uh, it's in one of the pictures that we saw. Mo's told us that the reason he went for the near post when he cut inside was because the analysts and you guys had told him to aim for the near post. So it proves that homework, you know, yeah. you, you can get a good yeah. grade. Yeah, well, I have to take it. I can't take the credit for it because we're always asking, and asking, you know, we're looking for things which might help us and we thought that maybe shooting that side might be a chance. But... Uh, we we got two two really good shots off mm. and Luke and Jared's as well was a was a really good finish and so look the forward boys today sort of produced and got in but more importantly we had a clean sheet in midweek we had a clean sheet today mm. it was a bit rocky for a wee while maybe twenty minutes into the second half mm. but uh, we sort of got through that period and we done okay that's twenty wins in our last thirty two games in all is competitions it? is it and we're up to seventh in the table. Wow. 
and we're looking up, aren't we? You know, we're up there challenging again. Yeah, we're, we, we have to keep knocking at the door, and I, I generally think that we can we can get better. Mm. I think we can get better defensively. I think we we're beginning to show that we've got an attacking outlet. We're we're slightly different at the moment. There's been a change of the guard a little bit in some places, and look, we're getting we're getting goals from from all different areas. We. No, we just need to get a couple more from our set pieces. We were really close early on, but uh, not close enough to get one. When you change a few things like we have, playing at this level, which is the best league in the world, it is going to take. We've moved Jared up front. We've yeah. got Mo coming into the team, Edson coming into yeah. the Premier. It's going to take a bit of time for it to, to settle down, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, you know, late on in the game, we Jared scored his goal today off off the right wing again. Mm. You know, so he didn't score it as a centre forward, and yeah. we put uh, Paqueta centre forward, put Mo in behind him, and mm. we wanted to see if we could try something different because we just lost a wee bit of the impetus in the game. Wolves played much better in the second half, but look, it's great that they're all they're all flexible, they're all playing all the positions, and uh, you know, we're just trying to find ways of, of getting good wins. It's Christmas a week tomorrow, but we've got a few things to worry about before we go shopping, haven't we? Yeah, no, we've got a lot, lot of things to do. Mm. I don't know when, when MD's going to get time to do the shopping, <laughs> certainly the players are not, and, yeah. uh, and, and the manager's not, so uh, we'll just need to see how it goes. Maybe the club shop might have something for the wife, <laughs> do you think so? What a week we've got, what a week to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. The cup caught a phone out and United at yeah. home to finish off. Yeah. Look, let's be fair. And if you even look at the next after that, we've got Arsenal and Brighton, yeah. so we've got a we've got a really difficult patch. So I'm pleased to be getting into it in the position we're in. I hope we can I hope we can sort of hang on to the the sort of shirt tails of the teams above us, and and who knows, we might just uh, see if we can do it. But we're in a good position. We're happy with that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we needed a response to the Fulham debacle and we got one on Thursday in a big game against Freiburg. What do you think of that game? I mean, it's another good performance, wasn't it? And a, a night that seemed to belong to Edson Alvarez. Mm, another great performance, mate. And at the end of the day, we could have got away. We were just drawing that game, but we didn't. We set out to win, and we did. And we played, mm. and we played really well again. And as you said, Alvarez was probably the, the star man. But again, I thought numerous players played well. We were in total control. I don't really remember... You know, obviously games get a bit hazy when you play one in between, but I don't really remember them creating that many chances. I never felt in under threat from them. And um, again, we finished top of the league. You know, we one result against Olympiacos that we lost away, but 100% record aside from that, top of the group, bypass the, the um, knockout games against the Champions League, don't play mm. till February now. It's... Yeah. Um, it's brilliant and it's and it can only do good things for West Ham in the bigger picture because when you look at those results it doesn't 
you don't sit there as an opposition, as a as a, a neutral player or a neutral fan and see West Ham top of that league and go, oh yeah, but do you know what? I heard on this West Ham YouTube channel that the style of football's been terrible. So yeah, I, w- I wouldn't really be happy if I was a West Ham fan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to join that club if I was a uh, if I'm a, if I'm looking to join a club. All you see is you see the black and whites of the table and you see West Ham are top again of their European league. And and you think, wow, this team, West Ham, you know, last three years, they've got to the semi-finals of the Europa League, they've won the Conference League, and now they're on track to get to the later stages again. And it just builds your your public image globally so well. And I just think it's such an important result because we don't want to play the knockout stages. They would have been tough teams that we played. You got the full fixture fatigue argument again. And it's just so nice to know that whatever happens come February, we're back in Europe again. And I, I genuinely, genuinely feel privileged to be a West Ham fan at this in this era because you know I don't know how I managed to time it so luckily but obviously I quit my full-time job over two years ago now when previously that would have stopped me going to Europe I quit it in advance of the Sevilla um European games which obviously both you and I went to and then <coughs> sorry <coughs> since <coughs> since then I've been able to go to amazing away trips for the last three years and that's still going to continue and I thought the performance was really really good really good I thought we totally took the game to them I think we could have won by more if he wanted to but rightly so he started to take players off um, when the game was pretty much done and dusted to give them a rest and we got the result we needed another clear she happy days. You know, on a side note, and, and I think I've got this right, forgive me if I haven't, but one thing that I didn't know is that the next free kick James Will Prowse scores will take him level with David Beckham with 18, who I think holds the, the Premier League record. I, I, I'm pretty sure that is true. And if that is true, that's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Although, like, James Ward-Prowse hasn't actually scored a free kick for West Ham yet. No, no. So, it's just ironic. Like, the, yeah. you, buy a, you buy a free kick specialist, and I know he's got assists from them in corners and stuff, but he hasn't actually scored one for West Ham. I don't think he's actually looked, like, close to scoring one <coughs> um, since he's been there, which is typical. But, yeah, maybe it's that playing on the mind a little bit, that record of Beckham's. But, yeah, I mean, this is, this is what I love like we've got that outlet from him as well you know you talk about the three we talked about earlier but then sitting behind that you've got one of the best set piece takers in the league if not the world and and you know it's, mm. it's 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 really really good to have the options we have and you know I think once he scores a free kick for West Ham you know he hasn't even scored a penalty yet of course he hasn't taken one but once those start to come as well that will add even more goals to our repertoire and um yeah, I think it's really good. Mm. Well, it's been a good week for West Ham, one that's shown a lot of fight. And one man that is no stranger to a fight is George Hillyard, a bare-knuckle boxing West Ham fan with a fascinating story, and he joins us now. George, it's great to have you with us. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, mate, it's a pleasure. We're really looking forward to speaking to you. So, George, you're a big West Ham fan. Tell us where your love for the club comes from. My, I used to live across the road from it, so in the Bucker Flats there and that's where I grew up and um, yeah so um, I was born in Forest Gate but lived in in Canning Town slash East East Ambit so uh, on the old Barking Road so uh, yeah and it all my whole family are West Ham anyway so it was only going to be bred into me Do you you remember your first sort of game and your first maybe favourite player you had? 
Oh, Julian Dix. Yeah, legend. I'm, not, I'm, I'm a bit... I, I don't like odd numbers, but my favourite number is number three. Yeah, I'm the same, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and everything, even when I put the music on, I, I put everything on an even number. But I don't mind number three. So, yeah, yeah. No. Obviously, I've met Julian a couple of times, and obviously, when I played, I played for West Ham as well. Um, played for Southend, played for uh, Leighton Orient, and then when I went from Leighton Orient, that's when I went with Barry Earns to box. Yeah, so you, as you say, you were quite a, a decent player back in the day. I mean, I think didn't you? You had a trial at West Ham, is that right? Yeah, I had a trial, and then I got sent off in the game, and then they oh. just pulled me. They pulled me aside and said, "Look, listen, you are a really good player." Everyone was. Gonna say I was the next team, but they said your at your attitude stinks. Trying <laughs> 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 to break the legs while I was tackling them. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense when you look at your path since then, because you decided to choose boxing over football to channel some of that attitude, no doubt. Tell us about the career you've had in the sport. Well, I started off at how it all started was I was down Dobbsweir Caravan Park. And it's a man, this, obviously I was obsessed with a ball. And this man um, kept doing something to me, like an oldish fella. And I shaped up to him and he went, oh, you boxing? And I was like, what's that? Didn't have a clue, I was 10 years of age. And he went, you don't, you don't know what boxing is? And you just done that move on me? And he went, I want to see your mum and dad. So as we're walking over to my, my parents' caravan, my dad's gone, sorry to swear, my dad went, what the fuck's he done now? Thinking I've done something wrong. <laughs> Boy Callahan, his name was. You remember Lee? You know Lee McDonald out of Zamo, Zamo out of Grange Hill. Yeah, yeah. It was his dad. Oh, bloody hell! The head. He was the head coach at Lion Boys Amateur Boxing Club in Hoxton. And he went, wow. no, nothing happened. He went, your son just done a move on me. He went, that only boxers do. And my old man started pissing himself with laughter. I said, no, that that boy's obsessed with a ball. He's a bit of a pussy. He won't. He went, he don't like all that stuff. <laughs> He went, well, I want him down. That, this, this, that was on a Saturday in 1994. And um, my, uh, June, uh, September 1994, my, my dad, uh, he went, I want him down the gym on a Monday. And that was it. I went to the gym and um, I was hooked. Yeah, it's often the case, and it? You get the bug for it and it goes from there. So so what 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 then transpired in your boxing career, George? T- tell us a little bit about how you got on when you made that choice. Well, I started, I started meeting... Like a lot of, like um, you call them celebrities, but like a lot of uh, big name boxers, and they were all telling me how good I was, and they were saying that you won't be, you won't, you're more suited to the pro game than you are to the the amateurs, and and then when I got I got beaten the qualifiers in two thousand and four for the Australian Olympics, they was going to do a, and I think it was Danny Happy, I can't remember now, I'm sure it was Danny Happy from Repton that ended up going, and I and I never got the nod, so I thought. I was 20 at the time, and I went, I want to turn pro. And my trainer was like, you're young, you just haven't, you mean, you're talent-wise, you've got it, but you ain't, you ain't um, man enough yet, strong enough to do that. And I was like, he went, let's do a year just, of just sparring all the pros and getting your strength. And yeah, and, that's, and then on the 16th of June 2005, that's when I made my pro debut on uh, Matchroom's Live on Sky Sports, or Matchroom's um, undercard of Dazzo Williams. 
Well, you had, um, obviously, as you said, a lot of potential and people saw it in you early on. And uh, uh, we were talking, you agreed a £15 million contract. Is that is that correct? And what happened with that? Well, right, so this is it, this is where I can't say too much because of the documentary. Right. But, uh, yeah, on, on the 16th of June 2005, on my pro debut, I was six seconds off of breaking Mike Tyson's record for the fastest ever knockout live on Sky Sports. Wow. Uh, I knocked my opponent out in 42 seconds. And, um, yeah, Mike Tyson did it in 40, uh, sorry, 30, 36 seconds. So it just, my, my name went massive. Then my, my, pro, my next fight, I went to Scotland and knocked him out in one minute, 13 seconds. So then that's when they, they nicknamed me Hit Hard Hill Yard. So, and then on that Monday, I'm I'm in Barry Earn's office. And he went, right, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to give you the same contract as Chris Eubank Senior. And I was like, what does that mean? It went 15 million over five years. We'll give you X, Y, Z every month. But if you lose two fights in a, on a trot, not one, not one. But if you lose them both on a two at the same, like one after the other, even then we'll increase your co- contracts, and you mean just go back to a basic contract. So, and that, and it, it stuck from there. But as I, as I signed that contract, I had a team around me that, obviously, a man that I loved. He was my trainer and manager. I can't say his name, because um, I get done for slander. But. uh yeah, he. Everyone was telling me what was going on, and I was like, "No, this man, that man would never do that." He's it's like a dad to me. My own dad said to me, "George, is, there's money missing out of bits," and uh, yeah, and all along it was yeah, it was shafting me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's unbelievable. I mean, fifteen million pound over five years—that's nearly as much as you earn, X. That is quite incredible. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it for our wish, man. Don't, don't, get, me, don't get 15 quid over. <laughs> well, it, it's a fascinating story. It really is. And we're going we're gonna, to um, touch on a documentary shortly. But you've since made a move into the sport of bare knuckle boxing. How did that yeah. come about? Well, I was standing... <laughs> a, a friend of mine called Paul Hills, he's a, he's a champion on BKB. And um, a, lot of the bo- a lot of boxers now are turning over to BKB. Be as weird as it may sound, it's actually safer than professional boxing. Really? Just, In what respect? Because with gloves on, you can keep taking punishment. But in BKB, like in bare knuckle boxing, you either get you either get knocked out, where it's safer to get knocked out because you don't take punishment. Yeah. Or you get cut. The cuts are that bad. Like in my last fight, I just I got cut that bad that they had to stop it. Yeah. It don't matter. How far. And um. Mm, yeah, yeah, so, makes sense. yeah. So it's it's, it's it may sound silly to people, but it's, it is like a bloodbath in there. Mm, yeah. Oh God, I can imagine. I've I've seen fights. They are. It's uh, yeah, it's, it. it's pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah. I know. I can tell that you do. But but what made you want to go into that? Um. Well, that I can't. I won't, I won't go into it too much. But they offered me something, and then someone I went either oh, like it ain't like it, it ain't set up like professional boxing. So I went to the show. And I couldn't believe how, how, set, how well the setup was and how brilliant they run it all. It is absolutely better than professional boxing. Every boxer gets looked after. Uh, the setups is like we all sit together. There's no, there's no ego. It's just it's hard men knowing we're going to knock the shit out of each other. Yeah. And after we're going to go and have a beer. 
Yeah. So, so there's yeah. a lot of respect between the fighters, is there? Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's nothing like in a professional boxing where you get everyone sitting apart, and it's it's, it's very weird to explain. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant, and um, and the respect there for everyone is is fantastic. Mm. Mm, that's good to hear so tell us about your big fights on January the 27th at the O2 what is tell us about the fight and how um, listeners could go about getting tickets for it yeah, there is there's a link on my Instagram um, I'll put it there's a link for, for it on the because of Covid you don't get handheld tickets it's all through this link right um, that's, it's at the O2 Arena Indigo O2 Arena um, yeah so the ticket you can just pick your tickets where you want to sit and yeah, it's, as I said, the shows are fantastic. And the amount of people there you see, celebrity-wise, and people getting involved in it now, mm. remember the fastest-growing sport in the world. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put it is. <laughs> Who's your yeah. opponent, mate? And what sort of what sort of level is he? Um, well, he's the, he's, the, he's the Romanian champion, so... Right. I'm going to be right disrespectful. Do not ask me to pronounce his name because I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Don't ask X to pronounce it. Oh, God, I'm just as bad. We'll call him the Romanian then. You know, I said that. But uh, yeah, he's, he's just a real hard man. And um, obviously, we've, we've both got one defeat on our records. And, um, and we're both big punchers. So the only people that are going to be in for a treat is the people that come and watch it and watch it on yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah. Looking at this, it looks like it's Ionel Levici. I'm going to go with. That's the one you, you pronounce yeah. it. Like <laughs> hey, I'm quite proud of myself, and he does. <laughs> yeah. He does. He does sure. look, no, and he does look fucking hard. So I do hope <laughs> I pronounce that correctly as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks, oh. Confident booster there. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, you look even harder, mate. So you'll be say, fine. Yeah. That's, that's the last thing gorgeous George wants to do, eh? Yeah, no. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> well, George, you mentioned about your documentary that's coming out, uh, and it's going to be a fascinating watch because we haven't even scratched the surface with this interview, and we wanted to raise awareness about you and the fact that you're one of us as well as a West Ham fan and uh, try and get as many people to the O2 next month as possible. But in relation to the documentary, and I don't know how much you can say, how did that come about, and, and, and when and where can we see it? Basically, well, hopefully it's coming out just before Christmas. What it is that they want to do, the last bit of filming of me, because in the boxing world, everyone knows who I am, but the boxing world is really small. So, and just because Anthony Joshua or all these big-name boxers and Floyd Mayweather, they all know who you are, it don't mean walking down the street, people know who I am. So, me going back to Vegas training with the Mayweathers is helping sell my documentary more than what I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, I bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so- that's only, and obviously with my autobiography as well, that's all to do with it as well. So, um, yeah, not bad for a fat kid from the East End. No, I'll tell you what, mate, that's not bad at all, is it? Not bad at all. Maybe it's not too late to get the big bucks in, eh? That, that, no, that's that's the, that's the thing. Obviously, everyone, everyone still thinks I'm a multimillionaire. And um, <laughs> that's some of the truth. But we're happy now. So that's the main thing. 
Absolutely, mate. Well, just to give you a bit more promotion, man, I'm looking at your Instagram now, and it's named Real George Hit Hard is the name. If people want to, if people want to search for that, and then you'll you'll see pictures on there, and then you'll see the first post is the is the picture and the link to to the fight that we mentioned um, in on the 27th of January. So all the details are there, and you know, as as a, a fellow West Ham fan, we wanted to get you on the show. You know, obviously, I've had the pleasure of meeting you a couple of times. You've been you've been to Dave and my um, events as well um, so we want to give you a bit of promo it'd be great if West Ham fans could all get behind you for um, for that for that fight mm. Absolutely. thank you very much appreciate it very best of luck to George for that fight at the O2 next month and I know it would mean a lot to him to have some support from fellow Hammers if you can make it talking of support 6,000 of us are going to Anfield on Wednesday for the League Cup quarter final can we do it X? Oh, it's a big ask, mate. A big, big ask. Um, Yes, we can do it because of the way we're playing at the moment. If we go out and we play the way we played against Wolves and Freiburg, then we have every chance, particularly of the with the foundation of a clean sheet. Then, then of course there is a chance. Anfield's hard to go to the best of times. They will rotate because obviously they played Manchester United this weekend. I think if memory serves correct, and I'm just going to quickly try and double check this as I'm loading it, but you may know the answer. They play Arsenal next weekend i yeah, think yeah do. so yeah there you go so two you know big games for them so they may they may rotate more than normal for wednesday which could give us a big um, chance we shouldn't rotate much you might do mavropanus for zuma again to keep it zuma's knees maybe protected but other than that i'm not sure i'd change the team from from sunday um and we're just gonna we're just gonna go out there and and play because the last two times we've been to anfield um i I, but you were at the last one me i went to the one up with someone else before and we were the better team we were and then we just didn't take our chances and then <clears throat> the inevitable happened but i think we should go out there and say look how we played on sunday let's give this our best shot but if we don't win and we get knocked out it isn't the end of the world because the reason liverpool are liverpool and they're sitting at the top of the league and won their group in Europe as well, et cetera, et cetera, because they're a good team. But let's just go out there and pray and pray because what what a night that will be. As you say, 6,000 West Ham fans celebrating a win up at Anfield to get us into the semi-finals of the, of the Carabao Cup. This is the stuff I used to dream about being a West Ham fan for as a kid. So, yeah, I, I'm buzzing for that game and I think it's unlikely that we'll win, but there's always that chance at West Ham. Uh, do you know what? I mean, I don't know what the bookies have us for Wednesday. Uh, we're definitely going to be the underdogs. But I do think we've got probably more than a puncher's chance with this one because it is very important to note that they have just played a massive game against Man United. It's even more important to note they've got an even bigger game in their domestic campaign against Arsenal that following weekend. It's it's really going to be key to see just how much they do rotate, just how much they are prioritising this competition. And I think 100%, in my opinion, we shouldn't rotate at all. I think we have to go with our best players. We take the momentum on the back of two wins. Confidence is going to be high. I think we're going to be playing with no pressure, um, as there shouldn't be, I don't think. I think they should just go out and enjoy themselves. And I think our style of play against a team like Liverpool away from home could be the right 
style of play for this fixture. You know, I moan about it a lot when you, you're coming up against the likes of Luton at home, for example. But Liverpool away, I think it's right to 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 set up defensively and then just try and be explosive on the counter-attack. And when we are, and you've got the likes of Lucas and Mo and Jared getting on the end of it, as long as we're clinical with the chances that we're going to have, and I, I can't imagine there's going to be that many, I think we do have a chance if all of those boxes are ticked. But... Even if they are, it is still a big ask. And um, we can just hope that the 6,000 West Ham fans that are going five days before Christmas on a Wednesday night to Liverpool um, get rewarded. But time will tell. And shortly after that, X, the same weekend, we've got Man United at home. Do you fancy yeah. something? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? How much these fixtures come like so thick and fast. And yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal away after that. It's just kind of like non-stop. But yeah, I, I, I'm more confident for the Manchester United game. Obviously, it's at home. Manchester United are nowhere near, although they drew with Liverpool at the weekend, they're nowhere near the standard of Liverpool. I think Manchester United are there for the, for the beating. I, I, would, I, would exp- I would actually be... If I was when I do my predictions, I think we'll beat Manchester United. I think obviously Wednesday's game is going to be interesting because you know if it goes to extra time and then let's just say we lose on penalties, that's going to be like quite crushing. So psychologically, it's that I don't know what effect that game is going to have on Wednesday. But if we was to just be playing Manchester United next weekend without the game in the middle, I would be very very confident of our chances because I think Manchester United are all over the place at the moment. We always do well against them. It's a good atmosphere when we play them as well. So yeah, I feel I feel confident for that game. And if we if we beat them next week, then we jump above them in the league as well. So it's another really big incentive in that. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, it's that time again. Calling all West Ham fans. Are you a patron of the West Ham way? If not, why not? For the price of a point, you get top quality content on a daily basis to include the famous West Ham way podcast with Dave and X. Over 100 interviews with ex-players and celebrity fans. Mad Dog Bites with Martin Allen. A show with Tony Cotty, the U Irons podcast, the West Ham Way USA, a transfer window show with Demis Chef, an expert pre-match analysis. There are virtual events with ex-players, written articles, match day discussion, away day burger reviews, in-depth match reports, and if you want to be the first to get reliable, accurate, exclusive news on all club affairs... You'll get exactly that from the best ITK in the business, ex-West Ham United employee. All that and more delivered to your phone for a fiver a month. It's the daddy. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.